Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Wildlife for You podcast. I am Stephanie Payne, and I, along with my partner, Daryl Ratajak, are actually coming to you from very distant places. Daryl is off in the beautiful and rugged mountains of northern New Mexico, chasing some lovesick elk. While Stephanie is somewhere in the tropics, skinny dipping with the dolphins. I am not. What, there's no dolphins down there by you? Uh, really funny, D. I meant I'm not skinny dipping. Anyway, the two of us were able to get away for some much needed outdoor relaxation time. And in order for us to do that and not miss a beat with our podcast, we decided to pull a twofer before we left. So D, since this episode was your idea, I'm going to let you explain it. Well, truth be told, Steph, if you recall, this episode was actually spurred by an inquiry that you made, so it's not really my idea. Mm, are you sure? I mean, all I know is that you were pretty riled up last week. Oh, yeah, I'm very sure. <laughs> it was all your fault. Um, remember when you told me to look up an episode for you that's on a television show called Naked and Alone? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, there is no television show called Naked and Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Show you how much I watch TV. <laughs> there's a show on the Discovery Channel called Naked and Afraid. And then there's another show on the History Channel called Alone. Hmm. Now, but both of those shows, just so you know, they, they do have very similar concepts. So I'm going to forgive you for that one. Um, but the, those similar concepts, the, those shows typically have contestants that try to survive for a period of time in the outdoors with very minimal gear. And when I say outdoors, I'm usually talking about far, far away places like wilderness areas that are just really, really far away from civilization. Now, just curious, have you seen either show? I can't believe that you're even asking me that. I didn't even <laughs> get the name right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, if you recall, last week you had me look up an episode that was filmed on the Sand Mountains or in the Sand Mountain Range in Alabama, and you were concerned about what you had heard from a friend of yours. Yes, I do. I do recall now. Um, the The friend was telling me how one of the contestants were dealing with cougars and. And I thought that was strange since there's no cougars in Alabama, except for the kind of drive BMWs. Yes. And those aren't too bad once in a while. Anyway, <laughs> well, it, it took me a little while to track down that episode that you were referring to. But believe it or not, I was able to find it. Which As show? It, <laughs> it was, trust me, it was not naked and alone. <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out, it was an episode of Naked and Afraid, which airs on the Discovery Channel. And you were partially correct. It, it was the Sand Mountains, but they're more or less a mountain range that runs through portions of Alabama and Georgia. And, and that particular episode was actually filmed in Georgia. Okay. I, I won't even bother to go into, you know, how that really doesn't matter. Um, so what did you find out after watching that episode? Well, no, it does matter because you're saying, you're saying that um, the Sand Mountain was in Alabama. And okay, you, wait, you wait, said wait, there's, wait. what, what, So you what? have to understand, 
there is literally, and you know this, not far for 25 minutes from where I live, I could literally, if I had one of those, um, do you remember those little twister boards, you know, like where you put your hand over here and your leg over there and your other legs oh, over yeah. here and you, I could literally college, put that in. College memories once again. They're <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Anyway, I could literally play twister and be in all three states at once. So like in Sand Mountain is a big mountain. And do you know I, Sand Mountain? Yes. I've never heard of Sand Mountain in my life. And I lived in Tennessee for I 20 locked, years. I walked west because you were in Tennessee and you were in Nashville. I mean, trust me, people in Nashville don't claim some parts of the South. But um, anyway, yeah, I actually locked my keys in my car on the very top of Sand Mountain. It took me three hours to get AAA out there. <laughs> anyway, back to the point of the story. So what did you find out from watching that episode? Oh, I found out I lost all faith in humanity. <laughs> it was that good, huh? Heck no, it was that bad. The The information in there was absolutely horrid. And hey, the, that kind of reminds me, do you, do you recall a few episodes ago we were talking about Jordan and his bad info? Are you talking about the skunk episode? Yeah, you, you mentioned kind of like a fictional website called Jordan's blog about all things wild. Uh, or something like that. Yeah, I remember. I, you know, that was simply meant, though, to warn folks about vetting your wildlife information. In other words, don't trust everything that you read on the internet. You know, make sure that the information you are, are researching or reading or you happen to stumble across comes from credible sources. Um, in that episode about that on our skunks, we were actually, we recommend using information that was distributed by like universities or government agencies. And I think we said something along the lines of they're not trying to, you know, blow smoke. Yes, exactly. And those, those institutions, those universities, colleges, government agencies, they're not trying to deceive you. They literally employ professional biologists, professional wildlife biologists that are seeking to educate the public on wildlife. Now, although folks like Jordan may be great resources for wildlife information, you could be fooled by folks who either simply don't know what they're talking about, kind of like old man Johnson character, who's just relaying bad information that was passed down generation after generation. Believe it or not, those folks actually believe they're giving you good information. So there's no intentional deception there. Or, believe it or not, Steph, you could have some less innocent situations where people may actually have some ulterior motives and they're purposefully trying to deceive you. For example, they can tell you some outlandish claims trying to increase viewership. Jordan, that jerk. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. You know, ratings, ratings. It is well known that many people will stretch the truth in order to gain followers or to get ratings or whatever. Look at, look at all of the infomercials and marketing scams that are out there. If it sounds too good to be true or too amazing to be true, I must believe it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what they tell me. And I'm just teasing there, but it is sad how gullible some people are. And sadly, there's a lot of people that will believe everything that they hear or read about wildlife. So anyway, but D, here's something that concerns me. I totally get what you're saying. And I'm sure our listeners understand. I know we've talked about this. They know that they need to be mindful of who they get their wildlife information from. So why, you know, in the world should they trust us? You know, the Daryl and Stephanie. 
Ah, great minds think alike. Believe, believe it or not, I was actually thinking about this this exact issue shortly after the the Jordan episode. It's so, a skunk episode. Well, <laughs> it's it's, it's this a skunk is probably podcast. The, yeah, this is probably the Jordan episode. Okay, well, it, it's it's a really good point you make there, Steph. Why the heck should people listen to us and believe us? We're we're not a government agency. We're not a college or we're not representing a college or university. Um, we, we probably should have clarified it in the episode um, why people should listen to us, but we didn't. So do you want to do the honors? Oh, uh, yeah, we can quickly remind people if they don't want to go listen to our bios. But, you know, I'll start off by saying you were one of those professional biologists for multiple government ag- agencies trying to educate the public. So you do have the credentials to be a trustworthy source. And I should add that you too work for, you've worked and done work for state, federal, and provincial government agencies. So your credentials aren't too shabby either. But here's the thing, Steph, credentials alone do not always provide truth. Exactly. So that is why in almost every episode we do of the Wildlife for You podcast, we actually are referencing science, like peer-reviewed, hardcore published science. These are studies that are found in scientific journals, which can usually only be found on like, uh, if you're if you're lucky enough to get a hold of it on Google Scholar searches, you know, it's sometimes you even have to go to references that are, are you know, you have to pay to access the, the article or have memberships. Anyway, it's not straight up on Google. You know, Google Scholar is a whole different beast than Google. Anyway, it is so very important that we cite these scientific resources and we do that research so people know it's not just us talking about what we know. It's us using good science and supplementing that with also with things that we know to educate you, the public. So how does that, you know, all that, how does that relate to the episode of Naked and Afraid? Well, I'm glad you asked because we had to get around to it eventually. <laughs> so do you, do you want me to introduce our source of irritation or do you want to do it? Ah, you go right ahead. Well, when you asked me to dig into finding this episode, I, I was actually quite happy to do it. Obviously, I love cougars and and naked and afraid. <laughs> I was going to say, you actually, I think it's the first time you were ever happy about me giving you an assignment because you're like, I'm going to watch the episode right now. Well, I like that show because it's kind of fitting title because if I were ever on it and I got naked, you would be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I actually get a kick out of watching that show and seeing how ill prepared some people are when it comes to surviving in the wilderness. Anyway, like I stated earlier, This show, this Naked and Afraid show, airs on the Discovery Channel, which is known for being this science-based learning channel, so to speak. In fact, I looked it up on their webpage because this so intrigued me, and I found some information. And here's here's what it says. The Discovery Channel boasts in the, the very first sentence of their mission statement, says, the discovery or discovery was created over 35 years ago with, and I quote, a mission to educate, inform, and inspire audiences around the world, or no, uh, about, about the, the world. about the world around us. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
I don't think they're taking that educate part seriously. Oh, I'll play. How so? Okay. Well, recall that episode that you told me to look up. Now, they it was this episode of these two individuals that were meant to um, survive for a period of three weeks in the Sand Mountains of Georgia. And obviously, the, the show has to do kind of like this this background information of, of where these people are, are going to be surviving for the, the duration of the, sh- of, the, of the show. And here's what it said, or here, here's how the show started. Oh my gosh, I fingered it. <laughs> I played the wrong clip. <laughs> that's not how the show started, although I love that because... <laughs> it is, a, that's number one, that is Chubbuck's theme song, and I, number two... That, that is totally a behind-the-scenes, we're going to have to... <laughs> yeah, we'll have to explain Chubbuck. Chubbuck is a woodchuck. Anyway, and this also, though, demonstrates that the why I'm always making cracks about you being technically savvy, or I, not... I'm technically savvy. I'm just fat fingered. So, okay. Whatever you want to tell yourself. I don't know if I'll leave that in, in this podcast or not, but okay. So here is how this naked and afraid episode began where these people were going to survive for a period of three weeks in the sand mountains of Georgia, Georgia, United States, Southeastern United States, U.S. Got it. Get yes, a load sir. of this. Sand Mountain's rocky terrain is home to nine kinds of venomous snakes, including copperheads and rattlesnakes, while black bears and mountain lions use the thick brush to stuff their prey. Should I play that again? Were you able to hear it okay? <sighs> I was able to hear it okay. I'm going to play it again. Play it again? Be- yeah, because it yeah, irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> Big sigh. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. You heard where they said black bears and mountain lions stalk their prey in the sand mountains of Georgia. Now, wait wait until you, you hear this, because I only played the audio for you. Guess what accompanied that narration of that Naked and Afraid? Uh, well, given their claim of mountain lions in Georgia not being flat out wrong, I'm actually afraid to ask. Well, would you believe, as they were talking about that, as that narrator was saying how mountain lions stalk their prey in, in the Sand Mountains, they were using stock footage of a mountain lion and, and this footage, the mountain lion had blood dripping from its mouth as if it just gorged on a freshly killed carcass. So talk about shock value. Yeah. And, you know, D, that that truly pisses me off because here you have gobs and gobs of legitimate sources trying to provide factual information on wildlife. And Hollywood can step in and bring it all crashing down with this cute little, uh, you know, convincing video with some ominous little narration. And and very effective imagery with, with a... And a, it's a discovery. <laughs> yeah. And, and just so you know, 
Uh, and I should clarify that this because there might be a listener or two out there that's thinking Georgia does have mountain lions. <laughs> if you've been a listener of this podcast or a follower of the Wildlife for You Facebook page, you already know that the only resident populations of mountain lions east of the Mississippi are near the Florida Everglades. And just so you know, this isn't just our opinion. This isn't Daryl and Stephanie saying this is where mountain lions are. If you look on the Georgia wildlife page, this is straight up from the Georgia State Wildlife Agency. And I quote, and I wrote this down so I remembered, because this is what the Georgia State Wildlife Agency says. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has recently proposed that the eastern cougar be considered extinct in the wild. To date, no credible physical evidence, carcasses, trail camera pictures, photographs, film footage, etc., has been found to substantiate the existence of a population of mountain lions in Georgia. The closest population of mountain lions to Georgia is the Florida panther with a population located southwest of Lake Okeechobee in South Florida. Yeah, Okeechobee has great fishing too, just for the record. But, you know, okay, so here you have a national. I mean, heck, let's let's be honest. This is an international, potential international, probable international television show on a network that claims to be science-based and about educating the public. And they are completely misinforming the public for what I presume to be a shock value to make it ooh-ah more scary to make for a better show. And that is complete and utter BS. Yes, I'm not familiar with those letters. What's it? <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Are, are you ready for this? Because it gets better. Let, let me play you another clip, and I'll probably not to, I promise not to do that Western whistle. <laughs> All right, here is another clip from the exact same show that claimed there was mountain lions prowling the forests of Georgia. And so let me let me preface it. The, the people are out there, they're trying to survive. They're oftentimes looking for food because they, they, they're not given any food rations. And as they're walking through the forest, you, you get to this point. All right, I won't play that one again, but just so you know what happened there, they're walking and they see the snake in the rocks. And lo and behold, and Mr. Mr. Narrator, narrator. Comes mm -hmm. and, and he starts talking about the cotton mouth and how deadly and how one right. bite. So, okay. No, okay. see, I'm just, I'm now, see, now I'm getting, now I'm getting angry <laughs> for multiple reasons, because obviously I, I haven't I haven't seen this. I'm going by the audio. And obviously, yes, like you just said, the narrator goes in about hematoxins and a cotton mouth. So obviously they better have encountered a cotton mouth. And I'm just for clarification, I'm pretty sure I heard dude say that instead of just walking on, he needed to cut its head off. Is that accurate? Yes. Now, I will say the reason they were going to cut its head off was to eat it because they, they were looking for food. So it wasn't out of out of the fear factor. But okay. absolutely, they identified it as 
a cotton mouth. The narrator identified it for the record. Well, the narr- so the show, Discovery Channel's narrator, well, the show's narrator and Discovery Channel's program said it was a yeah, insinuated well, it was a cotton mouth. Yeah, and so did the person on the show. He thought it was a cotton mouth too. Well, I mean, he's probably a, I mean, I don't want to say he's a nobody because I obviously don't know who dude is, but he's probably not a herpetologist. Right. Yes, he, he probably has old man Johnson's training in his background. <laughs> so... <laughs> So every snake's obviously a copperhead or a cottonmouth or a rattlesnake. So here's the thing: uh, literally millions of people, or well, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands of viewers. That deadly cottonmouth that those people encountered, and regrettably successfully killed, was actually a harmless water snake in the genus Nerodia. And I'm 100%, a thousand percent, absolutely positive it was abandoned water snake and so it was a harmless snake not a cottonmouth but here it is they're identifying it as this deadly snake i am so glad for starters that i don't watch tv because i am so glad that i did not see that so what you're telling me is that the show claims to have cougars in georgia and they were based on that narration I, I don't want to say that they misidentified the snake. There is a solid chance they knew that that was not a cottonmouth because they didn't say they have come across a cottonmouth. They insinuate it quite heavily, though, by saying, essentially, just for the record, the hematoxin of a cottonmouth could kill a man dead in three steps. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So in both instances, though, they have played it up to sound like there were these scary, dangerous encounters for these contestants, right? Absolutely. And and, oh my gosh, I do wish you would have watched it because although it sounds like you're getting there, you would have been as riled as I was. I am getting there for sure. Oh, and and get a load of this. When the contestants were leaving the area after they survived their 21 days, they have to then go on a hike to meet up with their pickup vehicle. And so they, they call it the extraction. So they they have to travel, I don't know, how, however many miles uh, through this wilderness area. And so at the ending of this particular show, they played it up as if the contestants were being stalked by a mountain lion. They were using stock footage to make it look like the mountain lion was in pursuit or at least very close by because like they, the, the contestants would be walking and, and they'd say, oh, did you hear that? And like then they would show a clip of a mountain lion. And, and they're like, it, it, oh my, Ugh. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm right. No, that's crazy, you know, considering that there hasn't been a documented free-ranging cougar caught on film in Georgia for what, decades? And I'm, I'm not talking about the, uh, anyway, you'd think the Georgia Department of Natural Resources would be very interested in that, that footage that they use there. But before anybody writes in, we are very aware of the cougar that was killed by the hunter in Georgia. I almost just referenced that because, you know, that particular cougar was actually one of those Florida cats that we referenced. It was a nomadic cat that was wandering, trying to find love in all the wrong places. And it was subsequently killed. That does not equal a population, but anyway. Yeah. Well, not to get sidetracked here, but this whole idea of these television shows simply hyping things up or stretching the truth or oh, and, and, and some, they're flat out lying 
Okay, yeah. So let's just what we need to do and what the world needs to freaking do, and they need to have disclaimers on the front of all of these shows that these are provided for entertainment and that there are oftentimes there's going to be factors where the show's producers are going to do things or instruct people to do certain things to make it more marketable because otherwise it doesn't stay on the air and they make no money. And at the end of the day, it's all about making money. I, I know. Um, I, I, I wish there was a disclaimer to say this is not a science show. Do not watch this for um, for gaining knowledge. Watch this completely for entertainment purposes. Then it's the Discovery Channel, and they they if they put you know, oh. do you remember that so, mermaid thing? So well, that was the Discovery Channel. It reminds me of our experience with the History Channel, which is another pretty credible educational channel or or. Uh, group out there you you want to recount our little tidbit with uh, the history channel uh and yeah i know we've talked about it before in some in some pretty good depth but do you want me to to like briefly we'll talk about my we'll do it quick just for this episode okay well then you 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 can go first okay okay well since the history channel did contact me first um i'll start off i was contacted via email uh, a representative. He was he was a program, or wh what are they called? A talent scout type of thing. Something like that. And and he reached out to me because the History Channel was was thinking of doing this new wildlife show, and they were looking for uh, the 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 host of the show, and they were doing a talent search, and they they were doing this talent search amongst wildlife biologists, and so they had seen my bio or i don't know how they actually got a hold of me but I, I think they saw something regarding wildlife for you and they thought hey let's let's interview this guy so they contacted me to um to interview to potentially star on this this wildlife show on the history channel lo and behold they started asking me questions and i was telling them about my wildlife biology experience and throughout the whole interview, they're like, okay, tell us about a time where it was really dangerous and you almost died because of the, this encounter you had with this wildlife. And I said, well, I really didn't have anything that was near-death experience. Okay, tell us a time where someone you were with almost died and you, you saved them. And everything was reverting back to that shock value to tell us these, these amazing experiences you had where you you almost died and it's like oh i was just getting so frustrated with that whole interview so um tell me how your interview went yeah pretty much just like that <laughs> sorry no, I no just, gory it, details it, it, did, did no, that I interview mean, just frustrate it, you it, it did frustrate me and it irritated me and you know at the end of it i wanted to tell him the that the worst near-death experience that I had was going through that interview but <laughs> it was probably the closest near-death experience he had knowing you that's well <laughs> yeah that's true anyway needless to say that that experience left a bad taste in both of our mouths but I I remember sending a pretty flaming response after that interview and just so you know I knew we were going to be talking about this on, on this episode and so I looked up that email and here's a little smidge of what I wrote in that email just immediately upon the ending of that interview. And again, and this is quote from directly from my email. 
the one thing you asked me from our interview was that I dig up a few more backcountry pictures or pictures of me with wildlife, and it got me thinking. If the public believes that wildlife biologists are out there in the field having a grand old time with animals, there's a false narrative being told. Wildlife biology is not a glamorous job. We do not do it to take pictures. We do it because we love wildlife. As I said in the interview, wild animals don't need us messing around with them. That's why most of our work is hands off. Trust me, anyone that has lots of pictures and various poses with wildlife in the field is not doing it for the love of animals. They're doing it for themselves. That's not what we're about. Incredible biologists out there that I know. So as far as adventure and excitement for your show, I'm sure you'll find someone out there that will whoop it up and try tackling whatever creature they stumble upon. That's simply not me. You're awesome. You know that. See, that's that's the reason and your typos. Those are the reasons why I like you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But serious question here, Steph. What in the world do we do? I almost feel like giving up with this whole wildlife education thing because we spend all this time and energy trying our best to educate the public about wildlife. And all it takes is one popular television show that's just looking for that shock value, looking to hype things, lo looking for ratings. And that that misinformation that, that they do, it simply erases what we provide to people to literally... The, the, ugh. <laughs> what do we do? How do, how do we, how do we overcome this? You know, I, I say we're doing it. We call them out, you know, if we call them out and, and not, not just call them out here either on the, the show, you know, like whenever um, my friend, which is awesome, I'll finally get a shout out. When my friend brought it up, I immediately corrected him. And I also, I explained to him why, and I explained to him the science behind it. And I explained to him the facts and that the show at the end of the day is not out to educate him. It's out to entertain him. And I, I think we just keep calling them out, whether it's in a forum like this, or it's one-on-one, -on -one, or it's expecting our listeners to do that on our behalf. You know, if, if we call them out and prove that, that these areas are misinforming the public and dumbing down America, you sure, no, it's not going to be everybody, but people will listen. Maybe not all people, obviously, that would be incredible, but people will listen. And I truly believe the American people, we are tired of being lied to, especially on television and through media. The problem is, you know, they don't know in this case that they're being lied to because it needs to be pointed out. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're here for is to point that out. See, I get that. But usually this, this whole media misinformation, it's usually dealing with much larger issues in people's lives. And here we're, we're just talking about wildlife. It's sometimes I think it's trivial in the grand scheme of things. Will, will people even care? Ah, uh, but see, for lots of reasons, this is why, you know, where it counts the most, you know, wildlife is, is often people's passion. You know, there's bird watchers, there's hunters, there's just hikers. There's absolutely tons of folks that just love seeing wildlife. It's, it's, it's their escape, you know? Um, so I, I will say on one hand, 
the little lies are just as much as the big lies, you know? Uh, so it, it doesn't, the, the little lies are probably even bigger because people don't question them. If it feels like a big raging lie, people, you know, their spidey senses start tingling, but if they're sneaking in these little misinformations intentionally, people don't even know it. They just take it as fact, but hopefully if people, if these folks, if they care enough about wildlife, then they're going to make sure that they know all there is to know about it. And they're going to regurgitate only the correct things. Um, and of course I would be dreaming as well if I actually thought that could really, really, truly easily happen, but at least that's, that's what I hold on to. That's my hope. <laughs> all right. That, that's good enough. That was a good explanation there, Steph. So let, let's try to be positive here. Now, I, I know you're not a big television watcher. You, <laughs> not big. So, very, very, okay. You, you don't watch any television at all. <laughs> but you are one of the most learned people I know. Because I don't watch TV. That, that's probably why. But say you did. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know what television shows... But what would you recommend people do to learn more about wildlife? In other words, who should they listen to or what, what should they read or who should, where, where should they get their information? <laughs> wildlife for you, of course. But I mean, so outside of that, you know, um, honestly, I, I don't watch TV, you know, and I don't, I don't buy into any of like, the, I don't watch the the YouTube things. I don't believe that Google is education. I think that it's just information. I honestly, so is this supposed to be geared towards TV? Because no, honestly, no, just any source of where should they get, where should they get there? They're not going to go to college to study for it. So where do people learn about, about conservation and wildlife? No. Okay. Um, you, you, there's incredible. And okay. So this is where it gets real tough to, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you some straight up Stephanie speak here because not all resources are created equal, even though we have science backing or at least um, somewhere in the background on a lot of different places. I would recommend, usually I would go to, you know, university resources first. You can also go to state um, and federal websites to learn more. The, here's the tough part. Here's where those, I want to- Those really are boring. <laughs> yes, they are boring, but we're not looking for entertainment. We're looking for education. <laughs> Sadly, the world in the United States, at least, we have a really hard time mixing and merging the two. I guess uh, most shows, I would say, on PBS, uh, the public broadcast system, if I had to watch TV, it would probably only be PBS um, shows like Nova and things like that. But here's the, the, the big thing that I want to throw out there is, you know, we are a, a uh, oh gosh, how do we phrase this? We are a wildlife education. We are not affiliated with any organizations to help save any species. We're here to save all species, you know, but including mankind. Um, we're not affiliated with any political organizations. We have no lobbyists, we have no political drivers, we have no, we have no skin in any of those games. If you go to areas, if you go to websites um, that do have those political leanings, then you could possibly accidentally get misinformation as well and that's really tough for me to say just for the record because I do believe in all of you know a lot of those agencies and organizations are trying to do good and I don't want to name any of them um, by name but there's I can explain what you're talking about without naming names but if 
you go to a particular organization that loves one kind of wildlife. They could give you great information about that kind of wild, but sometimes they might paint other wildlife in a bad picture. For example, if they like deer or elk or, or anything like that, they might say, oh, deer and elk are great, but uh, anything that eats deer and elk are bad. And that's yeah. But it's not even just those. If you think about some of the larger, you know, organizations that don't seem to be species centric, so they're not actually focusing on one, two, or even a few species, but they, they are focused on, um, I, I guess there's a lot of different critical thinking things that have to come in. Um, I'm going to use an advertisement that was really popular I don't even know how long ago it was because I'm that old. Wow. So there was a very famous uh, actress, for lack of a better term, who was on a billboard and magazines and television um, talking about uh, ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And saying, you know, don't eat, don't eat meat. We don't kill animals and wearing leather pants, <laughs> which ironically, in case the world isn't aware of this, leather comes from oh, animals. Yeah. The shoes, the boots, leather also. Yeah, the car with leather seats in the background. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I just, I, I don't ask everybody to do everything. I ask everybody to do what they can. And I just, if it's an organization that's asking you to do beyond that, that probably, it has really expensive spokespeople maybe raise an eyebrow and just be a little uh, crucial thinking. That's all you got to do. Just exercise that those critical thinking skills all the time. I am harping. Wow. Here, quick, take the soapbox. Oh, well, I tried taking it from you and you, you yelled at me. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Did I really yell? I didn't mean to yell. Uh, um, no, no, you were good. Um, I, I was trying to uh, squeeze in there, but you were on such a rant. It was, I, man, it's a I button. was liking it. <laughs> It's a hot spot. This is, I mean, I, I have to, I mean, I can't, mm. there are okay. organizations that I am very, that I, that I have talked to and the opinions of some of the people there that have some science background. Uh, it's just not, it's not always solid critical thinking. Okay. Critical. Well, let, let's just say that they're, they mean well. Um, sometimes you just don't get all of the information. <laughs> and, and, and so, go ahead. No, that was, I was saying you're exactly right. And the extremism, it's either you don't get it all or what you do get is the extreme version of it. Yes, yes, exactly. So the, the bottom line, folks, we, we don't want to say all organizations are bad or, or anything. You, you just have to approach things critically, just like Stephanie said, you, you got to understand where you're getting your, your source of information. And when it comes to wildlife, th this isn't our, <laughs> this isn't our ending. So don't, don't chime <laughs> in. There. When it comes to wildlife, you, you got to be mindful of so many different facets, uh, like who you're getting the information from and things like that. So we, can are... I ask you a question? Yes. You asked, you asked me a question. I want to, you do watch TV. You're more familiar with in, in social media and you're, you're definitely more on the social scale and the pop culture scale than I am. So, you know, I, I was a big blank. Where, where do you recommend? Nothing on TV. <laughs> no, nothing? Nothing. I, okay. 
Well, no, no, there's, there are some, there's definitely some good shows like nature and, and some of the documentaries that come out are really good. Um, but you still have to look at them with a critical eye because they, they all have their point that they're trying to get across. And we're looking for straight out, straight out information on wildlife. Anyway, there's, there's definitely some good things. Like you said, PBS has some good shows, um, and things like that. I will tell you, I don't watch, believe it or not, the the only thing I'll be watching on TV up here shortly will be my Buffalo Bills going undefeated this year. But, um, (laughs) when, (laughs) excuse me, are you okay? (laughs) No, I, sorry, it was allergies. Oh, okay. Um, go Josh Allen. Anyway, what, what I listen to now, and I think it's wonderful, and, and I'm going to give a shameful plug. I hate so many of the, the hunting shows and things out there. The only show, or it's a podcast uh, that I listen to, which is really good. Almost every single episode is excellent because what they do is they bring, they bring in professionals in their field. And so it, the Meat Eater podcast, um, there's a couple of spinoffs from that as well, but they, they talk conservation. And so they're talking with folks from the Fish and Wildlife Service. They're talking to folks running state wildlife agencies. They're talking to professors at universities. They are truly wonderful resources when it comes to digging into some of these deeper topics because they they talk to the professionals. Anyway, that's my only plug. They're they're outdoorsy folks that are bringing in the professionals so that they're not being those. Yes. Not to abuse Jordan, but they're not being Jordans. Yeah, they're they're pretty. They are so much sharper than the average, um, Jordan. than the average outdoorsman. They they know a ton, but they know they don't know at all. So they're always bringing bringing in the professionals to really get the good solid information out there. So that's one one show I recommend. So I got to give a plug to them. So anyway, that's oh, my. But if answer. they're going to listen to podcasts, they can always just rely on us. But 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 the funny thing, Steph, I noticed that. It's kind of funny because we'll do a podcast on something and then a few weeks later, their podcast is on what we talk about. So I think they're secretly listening to us. Stalkers, those stalkers. Yeah, I don't mind if they would just, I think they're a for-profit. So, you know, if they want to share that. Yeah, Yeah, we do it out of goodness of our heart. So anyway, that's super cool, Dee. I apologize for my long-winded rant. I I'm sorry I got the soapbox out. I totally didn't mean it, but I think it is about time that we start to wrap the show up. Totally my fault that we went over. We just want everyone to understand that we're not here to put down anybody, especially anybody named Jordan. We're here simply to be the voice for wildlife. You know, if if people are telling you the wrong things, of course, we're going to call them out because it usually ends up being the wildlife that suffers with because of this bad information. Really good point there. Thank you. So do you, do you want to close out or, or do you want me to do it? Uh, you're the best at it. And that's why I pay you the big bucks. <laughs> I never knew zero was such a big buck. Hey, keep it up with those remarks and I'm going to cut your salary in half. <laughs> I would be actually fine with that. You could cut it in half, triple, you know, whatever it's, it ends up being the same. Um, I do want to do a quick shout out if that's okay. Tonight's podcast was inspired by my tattoo artist, uh, whose name is Tim. I did ask him if I could use his name. Um, and 
Tim is, for starters, he's the most fantastic tattoo artist in like the tri-state region. But in addition to that, um, he was the one who who asked me about cougars in Alabama, Dash, Georgia, <laughs> just in the southeast. Period. Yep. You know, because again, the, that area that they were in actually does represent a pretty pretty solid area in the southeast because it's uh, it's so close to so many other states. And uh, not only that he brought it up to me and asked me about it, but in addition to that, he actually listened to what we said, um, to what I said, and the evidence that I provided to back up my case. And Awesome. And Good he, job, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Anyway, since you don't pay me, I can't remember. Why is it, why is it I do this show? Oh, it's simple. You, you do it to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> in your dreams so folks in closing we would like to thank everybody once again for hanging out with us and listening to us i do apologize to y'all for having to deal with my soapbox as well um for sure make sure that you are sharing our podcast with everybody that you know so that they can learn more about wildlife and become ambassadors just like you are being an ambassador for wildlife is a super super awesome and heavily responsible position because remember when it comes to wildlife your knowledge often means their existence. Good night, folks. Hey, Steph, isn't it weird that we're sitting here doing the show when we're when we're not really here? What do you mean? Well, with any luck, as people are listening to the show, I might be getting serenaded by some monster bull elk in the Southern Rockies. Yeah. And according to you, I'll be skinny dipping with dolphins. <laughs>